Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everyone. We grow up in a world that tells us our value, our worth comes from our achievements. Even when we start school, it's about getting the right marks. It's about doing the right thing. It's just the way we're raised, is that external validation validates us. If we're not acknowledged or celebrated by the people around us or the systems around us, who are we? That's something we should really be aware of as we enter motherhood, because when you think about the experience of motherhood, there's not really much validation of it in our culture and in our homes. We don't get an end of year review after the first 12 months of motherhood. We don't have annual KPIs. We don't get a pay rise. We don't even get paid. So when our world is built on a system of external validation and then that is taken away, what do we do? Today's interview is with the divine mummerizing coach and facilitator and author, Nat Viviano. Nat talks to me in this episode about her experience of realizing how much she was lost without that external validation. And when she felt that loss, how much she looked towards her husband, her partner, to tell her she was doing a good job. That without that external validation, she needed someone, something, to fill that void and how over the last decade or so she has transformed that to now know her own internal validation and worth. It's a beautiful conversation I know you are going to love and at the end please let Nat and I both know how it felt and what you took away from it. podcast I originally said welcome to the podcast for the first time but then you reminded me that we've actually done this before many many years ago that shows how many interviews I do and who I, how I forget who I've spoken to but it was when was it we you were on the podcast 2016 2016 oh gosh 
Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot has changed since then mm-hmm. in both our worlds and the whole world. So welcome back. Beautiful. Actually, it might have been 2017 now that I think about it. Anyway. But still, a long time ago. A long ago, yeah. yeah. 200 episodes ago about. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Oh, my no, God. Yeah, all. But I really wanted you to come back on the podcast today because uh, you recently have published a a chapter, an essay in a beautiful collection of stories called Navigating Motherhood and have really shared your experience of not only becoming a mother and your experience of matrescence, but also the, I guess, the unique but universal changes that that brings to a relationship and how you really, over the last few years of the last 12 years because your eldest is now 12 have redefined your sense of self to really love and celebrate and be proud of the role that you have as mother and as wife and I know that that is such a source of struggle for so many of us when we have such a clear identity of who we are And then along comes motherhood and suddenly that very clear role that we are celebrated for, that we are acknowledged for changes and we find ourselves at home. So let's start there. When you became a mama, what was your sense of self, your identity and and how did that feel to have that change? Gosh, as you're just kind of saying that, I feel like there's tears welling up because over the last you know decade plus in redefining all of this it's taken a long time to really unhinge unlatch unhook from others definition of what it meant to be a good mum a good wife and so you know when I transitioned coming from this corporate role where your KPIs are measured by, you know, your level of productivity, what you can produce, how many um, many sales you make and how quickly you can turn this product around for launch, right? All these metrics that give us this, this, this feel of keep it on the deadline. And this is where I thrived, Amy. I thrived there because people, because I could do it. People give me a task, I'll do it. And then they tell me what a good job I'm doing. I'm like, oh, did someone just tell me I'm doing a good job? Sweet, I'll just hang around a little bit more, right? And so, you know, you get this external validation. You get quarterly, biannually reviews from your manager telling you what a good job that you've done. And you get a paycheck and you get a pay rise and you get superannuation, right? All these little external markers that say, you're doing a really good job. You're doing a really good job. We value you. And you're like, oh, I'm valued. I'm important. I must be successful. Actually, those messages were right. Go to uni, get a degree, get a good job, get well paid, all of these, tick, 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 right? And then (laughs) on the other side of this line, you step into motherhood and there are no annual reviews with mothering, <laughs> or wifehood. 
that's it. Of any of those invisible roles, there's no KPIs, there's no celebration. No. no. And so that, I hope this is answering the question. So it was that identity shift, change, and morphing into, which was my biggest struggle because I didn't know who I was without that external validation. Mm. And I struggled so deeply being at home, not being told that the food that I was cooking, the the clothes that I was folding, the admin that I was relentlessly looking through and reading up on and making sure house insurance direct debits were done in time and then, you know, making sure that um, book week and what days are library days, right, all the things, those were my new KPIs. And I met them and no one told me I was doing a good job. And what did that do when you think back to it now? What did that do perhaps both internally and externally when you felt like all the things you were doing were, were not acknowledged or not seen? just makes you feel so insignificant, so invisible, so not contributing any value. Mm. And because of the divine work that I've had the privilege under your wing of doing on the rising studies, like we get to decide what is valuable. Mm. And so I, I was so hooked to, you know, unless I'm doing this at supersonic speed, if I get dinner done, get the dishes done, get this done, and then I can, you know, see if I can start my business because, oh, doesn't business generate income? Oh, income, you earning money, that's valuable. All right, that's the goal. That's what I've got to do. Yeah. And so it was just this rush, 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 rush. And so to answer your question, how did it make me feel? I felt like a frazzled, constantly failing person because just those really unrealistic expectations that you put on yourself. And so it was definitely a task of revaluing. I see it a lot in um, in the women um, that I work with or in our community. This feel, this need that they need to be doing something on the side as mm. well as being a mama, mm. uh, especially in those early years. Now, for some of us, including me, that was my sanity I couldn't just be at home that's just not my brain my nervous system my soul is even if it was just listening to podcasts for my own benefit even if it was just reading a book to expand my thinking I needed that as a balance Mm -hmm. but I also recognize a lot of the women I've coached and supported over the years some of us do that because they feel like what they're doing is not enough and they therefore have to be doing more. Like I can't just not do this for these periods of time because where's my value? What am I contributing? How am I doing this? And that's a really fine line, Matt, isn't it? It's this, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I feel like if I don't, I'm irrelevant, Mm -hmm. I'm not valued, I'm not seen, or am I doing this because it lights me up and makes me feel like I can handle motherhood better? Oh, just such a beautiful 
distillation of what questions I really needed to answer. Mm. And I didn't even know that those were the questions that I was grappling with because yeah. in the quicksand of it all, you're just in, it's so chaotic and it's, you have no time to just even sit down and, and ponder these things. Mm. And so how did you begin to, to see what it was that you needed to do? I so concur with you when you say I need something outside the home. It was not my greatest joy, desire, passion to always be at home. I needed stuff outside the home. And so this is, you know, you step back and you recognise in yourself what are my needs. I do need that intellectual stimulation. And if going back to corporate walls will provide that for me, I realised it wasn't. Mm because that, for me, felt very suffocating to be behind four walls and just with just rigid rules that didn't allow creativity that I wanted. So me knowing I love that need to do something sent me on this quest to kind of go, well, what is that? Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's like they say, sometimes knowing what you don't want is the first step to knowing what you do want. So even just dipping your toe back into corporate, and I'm sure so many of the mummers listening, like we've all done that, right? Like, oh, no, maybe if I go back to work, I'll feel better. And you get there and you're like, oh, no, this isn't it either. And that's unravelling. You know, if if you feel like you're not valued at home and then you go back to work or you try and balance it and you can't do a great job there either because you can't show up as much as you used to, that's a really unraveling unsteady place for us to land yeah. as women who are so used to that external validation yeah and so and so it begins and so it begins and then so when what's that that beautiful saying when vision pulls oh yes help. Pain pushes until vision pulls, Dr. Michael Beckworth. We use it in Mama Rising training a lot. Pain pushes until vision pulls. What does that mean to you? It's like the pain of going back to work felt like just spiritual suicide. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what it looks like. And it's that unknowing that was agonizing and then the vision pulling piece is like well what is it what is the heart magnetizing to what are you being called to do what is where are your butterflies guiding you where is your north star just nudging 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 and it was in the space of relationships because at the time I'm still looking for my significance and importance so I was my husband's co-pilot in his automotive business and so let me tell you I do not give a shit about radiators <laughs> right that I was not the vision that was pulling you that was not the vision Amy <laughs> and I hear this frequently because that's what a good wife does right supports her husband in the family business and like today till this day I'm still across it because you know I need to know our numbers in our family business Mm. 
mm-hmm. but I'm nowhere near as involved or nowhere near as I need to do this for him and for us in that way. No, that was really lying to myself. Mm. My heart doesn't skip a beat in that way. Yeah. I also know that in your story and in so many of the women you've worked with, when we do lose that external validation and we aren't sure where we're meant to be going and we don't know what's pulling us yet, we can often look to our partners to give us that validation. And that makes sense, therefore, to step into the family business. Like, Uh, look what I'm contributing, look how I'm going. uh And again, so many women I've spoken with over the years, you know, they end up looking for that recognition of what you've done today, feeling like, can someone please just see I'm here and what I'm doing, even if it is three hours of Play-Doh and two trips to the library and all the things for the kids. Because when we step back from that external validation in the outside world, we put a lot of pressure on our family, our partners and our kids to validate us in that way too, don't we? Yes. Yes. And gosh, I saw myself so deeply in just what you described then because when, you know, we are in our own little pocket of a family of four, we're away from our family of origin and support and, you know, the village, right, we are away from that. So once these needs were met by other people, they don't exist anymore or so minimal of it, you know, we do put those pressures on our husband. And that was what I did to my husband. You need to validate me. You need to tell me what a good job I'm doing. You need to do this. And so I'm outsourcing. I'm making him responsible for my own happiness. But God, Matt, don't we all do that? (laughs) I know, but in the sense of isn't that such a common response in that early transition of matrescence where we have like it actually makes me emotional not only remembering my own period of time like that but as always emotional for all women I've heard over the years where suddenly we're yanked from this system that gave us our identity and our value and our sense of achievement we're thrown into this new role that we have no idea how to do this thing called motherhood that we thought should be natural and easy and suddenly like oh my god what the hell and so we turn to our partners and be like hey 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 I need you to tell me I'm doing a good job I need you to see what I'm doing don't walk in from work at the end of the day and be like what have you done today like we we really it's such a heart heavy when I think about it uh, time for so many we're really we're just wanting to be seen and validated and told I can see how hard you're trying I can see what a great job you're doing mm-hmm. and it's so hard not to externalize that in that yeah. period of time yeah oh gosh I'm just like hearing what you're saying and what you know when we meet our partners they see how competent capable independent you know and they're already like she's got this she's so capable she's so like she doesn't even need the validation she has got it and then and then we step into this foreign territory called motherhood no one knows what the hell they're doing but in his eyes 
he's like, she knows what she's doing. She's competent, mm. capable, independent, all of those things that he still sees us as. And then for us to step into this role of cooking, cleaning, changing nappies, dealing with patients, to all of these new skill sets that we haven't exercised as much, we are such amateurs in, it's a struggle to say this is really hard. I'm really struggling. Instead, we say, can't you tell me what a good job I'm doing? And he's going, what? <laughs> yeah. Why do you need that? You are so capable. Yeah. Um, so true, that. And so I feel like what happens in that dynamic is that we've held on to this inability to be vulnerable, to go, holy shit, babe, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. I really had to get praises from work to tell me that I was doing a good job. That's when I knew I was doing a good job when someone would tell me and say, now that I'm here, no one's telling me. And I'm really struggling. Yeah. Man, that brought up something quite visceral because it still is and it's just this armour that we wear because that's what we're told to be. <laughs> that's what we're told to do. Get on with it. You can do this. What's your problem? You've got this. Go, girl. You know, like those messages. And, of course, that is so true and necessary to carry us through. But the reality is when we don't know what we're doing is safe, okay, necessary, and essential to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I really need to share with you how freaky, how how wobbly I am, how fractured I feel. And in that softening and in that vulnerability, it is so hard, Amy. It is so hard for women of our generation to get to that place. Yeah. This is precisely the theme that my clients have such difficulty getting to. Yeah. I 100% recognise that I couldn't do that in yeah. motherhood with my ex-husband. 100% found it incredibly difficult over and over again to drop the armour yeah. of because it's such a powerful thing you've said, Nat, because... So much of our identity is shifting and changing in the experience of motherhood that we desperately want to hang on to at least the the strong independent part or at least that I can do this part. And so to it's like the final frontier, right? It's the mm -hmm. final part of our old selves because mm -hmm. our old selves are independent and strong and can meet mm -hmm. every challenge head on and we can smash mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. do this so to let that go in the middle of everything else like that's scary as hell yes the ultimate gift of this experience of matrescence right i mean one of the biggest parts of the mummerizing training is redefining our strengths redefining this sense of instead of putting the wall up and saying it's fine i've got it i can do it learning how to bravely and safely tap into this sense of it's okay for me to not know how to do this 
and ask for help or communicate this differently. Like 15 years on, I'm still learning how to do that one. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you just tapped onto it is your nervous system and your nervous system is a completely different animal and that's who runs yeah. the show. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so the, the, the skill here is how do I make my nervous system my ally? How do you do that? <laughs> so, Guru Matt, how do we do that? Oh, my gosh. It's like... <laughs> you know, just solve all of our problems. First. No, in all honesty, all we can do is share what's worked for yeah. us. So in your divine experience of being so brave and jumping into this for yourself and now for the couples and clients you work with, how do we start to communicate what we need to shift from that external validation to the internal and then communicate what we need in a way that is vulnerable yet safe? Mm. Ah, okay. Here's what I've what I've learned, and where the starting point would be. So, for those who are listening, who have resonated with both our stories, with being you know really type A, ambitious, highly independent woman, having all the confidence in the world, here's what I've discovered: there's two levels of confidence. There's the superficial confidence, right on the outside. So superficially. <laughs> That's got it. Amy's rocking and rolling. My God, what do you mean? Confident as all hell. Can jump onto a podcast, no problem. Express herself. Yep, no worries. Can go to a networking event and talk to random strangers. Yep, no worries. Confident, confident, confident. Right on the outside, superficial confidence. I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. So things on the outside telling me and, yeah, okay, cool. That's the first layer of confidence, which is necessary, right? We can put ourselves out there. What's more important and what pertains to your question, how do we do this, is getting to the second layer of confidence, which is the cellular confidence. So there's superficial and then there's cellular. Cellular confidence is closing your eyes, pausing, taking that deep, that big, deep breath in and remembering who you are. This is tapping into that feminine intuition. And if I may borrow the words of one of my beautiful clients who just sobbed, she said, I don't even know where that intuition is. We lose ourselves. She said it's buried. Hmm. And so anything that's buried is almost dead, right? It's in the grave. This is our work. To get to cellular confidence, we have to start excavating. Let's find her again. Let her rise. Let us no longer be lost in this labyrinth of motherhood. Because when we know who we are, what our true values are, when we stop shooting all over ourselves, I should do this, I should be that, I should be grateful, I should da, 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 da. When we stop the shooting, 
that means we're living to someone else's expectations. That's someone else's voice when we say should. When we listen to what our own voice is, this is getting closer to finding, building, strengthening our cellular confidence. I'm really glad you said the words of your client that, you know, I don't even know where that is. It's buried so deep. I think some of us know what that is, that cellular confidence, or we may have felt it in some times in our life and we've lost it. But for others, it's never been found. Mm. It's something they never felt. You know, again, spoken with women over the years who have like Amy I don't think I've ever known who I am outside of who I should be <sighs> as a good girl or a successful woman I don't know if I've ever excavated that true self within me and I often say in those situations you know that's okay because it's still the same process whether you've never found it or you had it last week and it's gone again right. <laughs> it's the same damn process every time and for me I'd love to hear your thoughts on this in a moment but for me it is about creating that space and that time and a container that feels safe perhaps with someone like you Nat somewhere someplace where you can safely and beautifully begin to chip away and dig down and find who she is underneath all of that that's whether you've known who you are and you've lost it or you've never known, it's the same process, Oh, my gosh, 100%. And, you know, I imagine those who are listening to this and are resonating and I almost can anticipate the question of, yeah, but I know that. Tell me how. (laughs) Tell me I need to know how. (laughs) So there's this head heart incongruency right my head knows that I should be doing this my head intellectually understands that this is what I need I know it but it's the getting into the body so how do we marry those two concepts how do we marry the head the masculine do 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 this is what I'm thinking I know I need to do this my body feels this it's aching I'm so lost I don't know what I'm doing right all of these vulnerabilities, how do we marry those two things together? And as you were alluding to, right, you're kind of going, it's just scratching away. And the way that you were describing it was just this beautiful, paced process where you're just easing through it, right, with just grace and with tenderness. And it's just so delicate which just requires time. And what I generally hear is women like, tell me how. And even in the questioning is a very, there must be some pill or some bullet or some course that I can do for two weeks, six weeks that will give me this embodiment of feminine. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which is understandable. I mean, not only, excuse language warning here, not only do we not have time for that yes. shit because it's bedtime and bath time and tomorrow we have to get ready for breakfast again, but also our culture, our world is just skip the hard parts and get to the yeah. win. 
And in this unraveling, unhinging, all of the beautiful words you've used in this interview, I think part of that is actually seeing the excavation as the best bit. Like, scary. Don't get me wrong, but it's actually the best bit. Yes. You can yes. find a place, space and energy where you get to go, oh, my God, what's underneath all of this crap? Yeah. That is the goal. Yes. My goodness. Yes. It's like, you know, when we uncover and all this masculine, feminine energy work that you have just been, you know, such a mentor for me in this space, where we're talking about the masculine is um, the achievement, the acquisition. Mm. I've got it. The feminine is the process, the creativity, the movement, the water. The yeah. And then I think when we kind of try and do this work and go, all right, tell me the one thing that I need to do to kind of get my head to my heart and meet it, it's like as if the expectation is, that is the expectation that you will have this outcome. And even the approach in itself is a very masculine approach. And there in itself is the lesson, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it loops all the way back to what we started with, which is this, you know, the masculine energy is up and out. That's, that's the definition of the energy. The feminine energy is in and down. Mm. So when we are up and out, we're looking for external validation. We're looking for those KPIs. We're looking for notice me. And, and it's not just a negative energy. I mean, my goodness, we need masculine energy in our lives. Otherwise, we'd never get anything Essential. done. We need leadership and we need that in motherhood, let alone life. 100%. But there needs to be, as you beautifully described, the cellular knowing that we can come back to so that if we feel invisible, if the mother load that we're holding day in, day out is getting heavy, if our kids have just been taking and taking and taking and taking for days and we feel like we're just running on empty, mm. instead of looking up and out around saying, you know, tell me I'm doing a good job mm -hmm. or, I don't know, creating a business so you can feel successful mm -hmm. or whatever that is, to have the awareness and skills to instead go in and down mm -hmm. to validate ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's it, isn't it? <sighs> you and your juicy distillations. <laughs> because that's precisely it. So essentially when I kept asking my husband to tell me what a good job I was doing, I bypassed myself and didn't even think to say to myself, sweetheart, gorgeous girl, new mama, holy shit, you're doing a good job. Because I was so fixated on what the outside world, I was waiting for it. And this is one of the pillars that I work with with my clients is don't ask for permission. Don't ask for someone else to tell you. Yeah. Don't ask for permission. Find it within. Yeah. When we are just so not even giving ourselves the permission to kind of say to ourselves, damn, you're doing a good job. 
And so now, having not only done this for yourself, but with so many others through your work, on a day-to-day -day basis, what does it look like to now embody this in your home, in your relationships, in how you approach work, in how you live from cellular confidence and that inner check-in first? What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis now? So in real time, it looks like prioritising drop-off Mm -hmm. and not taking my phone in, literally walking to the classroom with my kids. My kids are now in year seven and year four and I'm still that mum that'll walk with them if they let me and I'll take it and laugh it up as and when they still accept me to do that. And in that presence, because the feminine is all about just in the pause, in the moment, being there with them, listening to what's going on in their little world. I'm not like helicoptering him. I'm actually two steps ahead of him while he's walking with his buddy. I'm actually getting in my walk. <laughs> so it feels good. <laughs> You're kind of merging a few things in. But it's that pocket of time where you have zero digital distraction and you're just there with them. That's what it looks like on a daily basis. This sounds so... At the risk of sounding so simple that it's stupid. I get that. I bet someone's kind of going, yeah. surely it can't be that simple. And it actually yeah, is. But it is. It is. And, and then really acknowledging to yourself what you've just done, right? Yeah. So when you get back in the car, you're like, you know, you were just totally present there totally. and that's awesome. Well totally. done. Like it, it's this, it's the validation, it's the acknowledgement, yes. it's the celebration, it's the seeing yes. yourself and what Yes, yes, and yes. Oh my gosh, Amy, you just yeah. nailed it because the previous version of myself would be like, oh my God, you wasted all this time, that was an extra 20 minutes, you could have done this instead, right? So valuing something else, productivity, getting something, you know, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Now, oh, I love that you've just made that distinction because now the self-talk is like, wow, look at you show up for your kid in that way. Yeah. And then show up for your client fully present yeah. and not worried about not being there for your yeah. kid. I mean, this is how it goes on, totally. right? And being with your partner fully present and not feeling bad about where you are. It's such a bloody process. <laughs> it's such a... Journey, and I hate the word journey, as you know. But it, I don't. I've tried for like a decade to think of a different way to explain it. But it is. It's just. It's just this daily, hourly, minute by minute practice uh -huh. Uh -huh. of switching out of that taskmaster uh -huh. in our mind uh -huh. that is looking for ways to be successful, feel good, feel validated, mm -hmm. and instead shift this internal system. Mm -hmm. It's it's profound and yet it's also incredibly simple as you just pointed out. But my goodness, it's a practice every damn day. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's it's really just eliminating the integrity tax that you pay. 
Okay. And what I mean by that is like this is where we marry up our values and live our values because if I walk around saying, God, I love my husband, God, I love my kids, I just, I just love them and I just want to be present with them and that's what matters to me because if tomorrow we all get hit by a bus, whatever, that's it. What else have you got? What else have you got? And so for me, it's like that is my value. And I hear this in everyone else too, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one that kind of feels that, that that's my value. Okay, so then what are my actions and my behaviours that align with that value? Am I scrolling? Am I doing things that aren't attributing and feeding that value? And this is what I mean by integrity tax. I'm saying one thing, but I'm doing another thing. And so that gap is the tax that you pay. This is integrity tax. I'm saying this but I'm doing this. I really value my health, but you know what? Ah, Macca's drive-thru, it's fine. Right? I'm saying one thing, doing another thing, and Macca's drive-thru is totally fine. If you say, today's a cheat day. My health is not my priority this week, today. Lots on, drive-thru it is. Then you just pay less integrity tax because you are actually doing something that's in line with what you're saying. I find that that's our biggest trap. Oh, I love that. We could do another whole oh. episode on the integrity tax. <laughs> My goodness. Um, but what I feel like if you line those things up, what you say and what you do, that's where cellular confidence comes from. Yes. It's that closing your yes. eyes and going, no, I'm doing this. We're not talking about perfectionism yeah. here. But, you know, I, I am living what I want in most cases, as much as I can, and that feels damn yes. good. And from this yes. place, I will show up in my relationship, yes. in my work, in my motherhood, yes. in my life. Yeah. Yes. And just as, oh, I love how you said this, this, this there's these little steps, these excavation steps where we start, nothing ever kind of sequential or linear. It just happens in this kind of very fluid way. It feels like where that is like how you start redefining success that is how you start redefining value yeah this is my value. i agree i am so successful today i feel so good in my body today i feel so happy because i lived my value because i said i did what i was what is meaningful to me i'm in closer congruency in my life so therefore I feel happy. So therefore I'm not, you know, kind of pestering my husband because I feel a void. You need to say this to me to make me happy. This is the whole I fill my own cup. Yeah. Oh, Matt, what a beautiful reminder for all of us, perhaps something that someone's heard for the first time, but what a beautiful reminder of what this looks like on a day-to-day -day basis because I really do feel that we talk a lot about this. Our head gets it. We know what the theory is. We understand it in that sense, but to then embody it, live it, line up with it, that's the daily practice. Mm -hmm. So thank you for reminding us of what that looks like and feels like and sounds like. You and I just always do that. Just breathe. Just soak it in. <laughs> just, this is elixir. It's so good. It is. See, this is the present. This mm -hmm. is the moment. This is embodying mm -hmm. it. 
congratulations on the chapter in this divine new book. I'll put all the details in the show notes. It is phenomenal to witness you rising and rising in this role, in this embodiment of what this work looks like. Um, I'm so proud of what you're doing and thank you for sharing it with us today. My greatest pleasure. Thank you, Amy, for always just being such a magnificent mentor in my life. So much gratitude. And to you, beautiful. Thank you. To speak to women like Nat is such a joy. To see how they have taken their experience of motherhood, matrescence, weaved it into their own experience and are now sharing it with others is one of my greatest joys. And I love how passionate Nat is. Nat oozes the divine feminine power of holding space for other people's stories. And you can read her story in one of the essays, which is part of a new collection of essays called Navigating Motherhood, a practical guide for everyday mums. And you can also find out how to work with Nat in the show notes. Please remember that you can enrol for Mama Rising, the coaching training program at mamarising.net or find a coach just like Nat that you can work with to move through your matrescence experience, whether it's within your relationship, returning to work, within your sense of self. We have divine coaches and facilitators all over the world who are there to help you excavate yourself in this experience. Until next week, thank you for being here. Satnam.